welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecki. We're two registered dietitians here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals. We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, strategies, and mindset shifts so you too can reach your goals using food and most importantly, enjoy the process. So Kate sent me a message this week that she was not feeling inspired to make a podcast. Yeah, I was just sitting there on my couch thinking, I need to make a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And usually it's not hard to come up with inspiration because we just talk to people all day long about their biggest nutrition issues. And literally almost I think every single episode we've ever done has been inspired from a conversation with a client. Oh, you're having sugar cravings? Let's make a podcast episode about sugar cravings. Oh, you're asking us about keto for the eighth time? Let's make a podcast about keto. And even though people were asking me stuff, I just didn't feel excited to talk about anything. Mm -hmm. So tell them what you said. I was like, oh, well, maybe we should talk about what you do when you're not feeling inspired. I felt a little silly when you (laughs) you said that back. I was like, oh, that was good. Well, again, that's something that is inspired by our clients because a lot of times I'll be working with someone for maybe a couple weeks or a couple months and they've been super pumped about what we're doing and setting new goals and all of that. And then when they get into the groove, sometimes their excitement wanes and they're just not feeling motivated, not feeling inspired. And so that's something that we work with a lot of our clients on. So I figured, hey, what better way or time to talk about this than when you're not feeling inspired and figuring out what are we going to do to make Kate inspired about podcasts again? (laughs) Well, it worked because now (laughs) I am inspired. I was like, that's a great idea because it's true. I would say that the narrative of motivation is a bit overhyped, if that makes sense. When you are reading Instagram posts or listening to people on Instagram stories or wherever you are getting your main source of inspiration to be healthier, be a better you, yada, yada. I always hear the word motivation, motivate yourself, way to get motivated, motivated, motivated. And I think that has a lot of value sometimes, but in my experience, most of the time people aren't waking up really motivated or excited to do the thing every single day. Like you said, it wanes off over time. Mm -hmm. If they feel really, really excited in the beginning, there's going to be those lulls. And I don't know if there's like a percentage amount of time where people are feeling motivated versus not motivated, but I would say most of the time people aren't genuinely motivated. Well, I think people need to be aware that your brain as a survival mechanism, does not want you to do more things. Mm -hmm. Your brain wants you to sit on the couch and take in information, watch Netflix, do things that aren't hard because your body doesn't want you to run up a hill for no reason. Your body doesn't want you to go expend extra energy. Your body wants you to stay safe. Mm -hmm. Your brain wants to keep you in a place that you're not going to go out and get run over by a car or attacked by a tiger or a lion or whatever danger is outside your house. And it doesn't want you to expend more energy because that means you have to go procure more food. Mm. And as an evolutionary concept, we don't want to have to go procure more food because that then takes more energy. Mm -hmm. So just being aware that 
In order to do hard things, you have to get past that little part in your brain that is telling you don't do hard things. Stay on the couch. Keep doing this. Mm -hmm. Stay where you are. Stay stagnant. Don't take that extra step because in order to stay safe, you stay where you are. Mm. That is so true. That's why there's that old, I don't know why this popped in my head, this old silly diet advice where it was like, put the junk food on the top shelf of your kitchen because you're less likely to go out of your way to stand on your tippy toes and try to get it. But it's just like you said, your body wants you to take the path of least resistance Mm -hmm. to get to any kind of goal. So there might be times where you're really motivated by adrenaline or you're feeling really inspired, but that can't last forever. It just wouldn't make sense. It's almost like the honeymoon phase in a relationship. You, if you were always just head over heels in love with your partner, you were just obsessed with thoughts about them, you were spending all your time with them, well, then you would never get anything done. Mm-hmm. Those feelings have to go away. The same thing's going to happen when you start a health kick. I think that's the problem. People just realize like, oh, I'm not feeling as excited anymore. I'm just going to quit completely. Instead of looking at the biology of it of like, hey, this is normal. How are you going to get through this next phase? Novel experiences are something that you're you want to continue doing so a novel experience something that's new going to a new restaurant is more exciting than going to the restaurant around the corner that you go to all the time you're more likely to remember that so when you first make goals they get really exciting and then four months down the road when you're still working towards that goal it's not as exciting anymore but you just have to be aware of that and be aware of the tricks that your brain is trying to play on you and getting past those things. I think just the awareness of it really helps. I read this book by David Goggins. It's called Can't Hurt Me. And Mm -hmm. what you just said reminds me a lot of what he says. And I just, for anyone who's read this book, I think David Goggins is the most incredible human being. I can't relate to everything he says about because he's just in a different, he's just a different type of human. But he talks about how a lot of times we accept this idea that our brain controls us When in actuality, we have more power than we think. We are the creators. We are the molders of our brain. And we can change how we think about things. So if we find ourselves constantly thinking like, oh, I'm just not a morning person, for instance. This is a very simple example. I'm not a morning person. Maybe for the first week of your health kick, you're like getting up early in the morning, pushing yourself, and then you have a hard day and you don't want to get up early and work out anymore. Well, you can decide to be the boss of your brain and say, nope, I'm in the process of becoming a morning person. Yeah, this sucks, I'm gonna do it anyway. I wanna make this a habit, it's the only way I can get my workout in. I have more power than I think. But you're going to hit that point where it's not fun anymore and that's where you really have to push through that little resistance and say, "Eh, nope, this sucks for a reason, doesn't matter. I'm gonna do it anyway because I'm the boss of myself and this is ultimately gonna get me to where I wanna be. And that's gonna happen over and over and over again. It gets easier over time, but it's never going to be 100% easy all the time. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And I, I think there are people out there like David Goggins, but for most of us, we need to have somebody else mm-hmm. in our lives keeping us accountable and making sure that we are working towards those goals when times do get tough. So there's always going to be that self-motivation piece of you, but then on the other side of that, like how motivated are you to just stay accountable to yourself? Yeah. the I, th- I think we had talked about this in an episode before about how person ab- personal accountability, what you're talking about, is 
probably the most important thing because you're usually by yourself. But how do you cultivate personal accountability if you don't feel like you have it already? Well, that's when you bring in the troops. You have social accountability and professional accountability. So who are you surrounding yourself with? Are they people who are encouraging you to stay in your old ways? Are they not doing things that you want to do? And if that's the case, that's when professional accountability becomes even more important. I would argue that it's the most important of the two regardless. Mm -hmm. But then you can hire somebody and pay them money or trade services because when you pay somebody to do something, then you pay attention and you are held accountable to cultivate said personal accountability. So that eventually you might not need that professional accountability or you wouldn't need as much because it's just habitual for you at that point. Mm Yeah, I think there's been, especially with business, when I've needed to take another step, I've always hired a coach Mm -hmm. or you hire someone that's going to help you figure those things out. And I think now between you and I, what we've been doing is we have these little pieces of paper that we bring in every week and they ask us really hard questions and you and I talk about them together and Mm -hmm. talk about our goals and what we're going to accomplish. But we're pretty consistent with doing that every single week. And I think if I didn't have that, Mm -hmm. I'd be much more likely to stay stagnant and not be inspired. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not paying you to be my coach right now. And so you don't necessarily have to pay someone, but you have to have someone who's got skin in the game Mm -hmm. as well. And I think... For most successful people, they've all hired coaches Mm -hmm. at different times in their life to get them through to the next level of their business or to help them with their health goals. Like there's reasons why people go into certain professions and they're really good at what they do and they will help you to break free of those chains that you're in that are keeping you from feeling inspired or feeling motivated. I just had a thought of how the coaching industry, if you will, is so big lately because you can find a coach, quote unquote coach, for nearly anything like a dating coach, a life coach, whatever that is, you know, like Mm -hmm. a a Reiki breathing coach, a spiritual coach for anything. But I I used to kind of stick my nose about it because I had a very boxed in idea of like what a coach meant. I Mm -hmm. thought it could only be in that health and wellness space or a professional sports space. Mm -hmm. But if you're struggling with something in your life, and you feel stuck, and you don't know how to get through, and you don't know how to push through the resistance, and you talked ad nauseum with your friends about it, and your social group about it, and they just keep telling you the same thing, well then why not just reach out to a third party who is professional, who knows something about the interest that you are trying to pursue, and get a pair of clear eyes. I mean, just think about a therapist or a mental health counselor. That's kind of what they are. They're just somebody there to hold you accountable to all of these things that you're trying to accomplish from the mental health standpoint. Mm -hmm. And many times they've seen people who are in the exact space that you're in, whether it's from a mental health therapy aspect, whether it's from as dietitians, like nobody tells us anything we haven't heard, Mm -hmm. you know, like we've heard the same things over and over and over again. And people feel like they're alone and they're like, am I crazy? Am Mm -hmm. I your worst? I hear all the time, am I your worst client? And I'm like, no, like not even close. Like everybody is like you. I've heard this a million times. And the experience of that coach or that dietitian having helped a thousand other people through that that problem gives them the perspective to be able to mm-hmm. see what has worked for that person, what hasn't, and maybe be able you'd be able to see it through new eyes, like you said. What you just said reminds me of something else that I, I always think about 
when I think about how much I love being a dietitian, which is making people feel less alone. Yeah. I think a lot of times when we feel like we're alone in a problem, so perhaps like we, we're talking nutrition and, and diet and health here. So let's say that you just feel really bad about yourself because you just can't seem to break through the habit of snacking after dinner. Every week you tell yourself, I'm not going to have sugar after dinner, I'm not going to have sugar after dinner. And then you do it over and over again and you internalize all this guilt or shame about it and you speak poorly of yourself and you beat yourself up and you're gaining weight or you're feeling tired in the morning, you just do not feel good about yourself. Well, you go and talk to a professional and they're like, oh yeah, like this is the the reason why or the potential reason why a lot of people struggle with this. Well, just not feeling that same self-loathing is very motivating and Mm -hmm. can be the piece of the puzzle that's missing for a lot of people that says, hey, a lot of people struggle with late night sugar cravings you're not alone. There's always a solution. Try this. I'm going to ask you in a week how it goes. And I don't know why, as humans, we tend to have so much resistance towards asking for help. Oh, yeah. In all areas. Really stupid example, but I am not good with makeup and I need new makeup. And so I went into Ulta and the person came up to me and she was like, can I help you with anything? And I was like, no, because I was just going to like go up and down the aisles and try and pick stuff out but I knew exactly what I was looking for so she turned around and then I was like "Uh, actually I'm looking for an eyeliner that's not a really dark black that's soft and it's a pencil and Mm. you don't have to sharpen it and she was like okay I gotcha and in two seconds she handed me this thing and she was like put this on your hand see how you think see what like here's another shade of it and that was it and it was done and she just handed it to me it's like this person does this every single day. She knows exactly where everything is. She's tried it all. Why would I not employ her help with something that I know nothing about? Why would I just want to peruse those aisles and take me 45 minutes and not find the thing that I was really looking for in the first place? Like, just ask for help. And then she helped me with three other things, too. Mm. And that made my trip 15 minutes versus struggling through all the, Mm. I mean, dumb example, but it's like that in everything in life. Like, employ Mm. people that know more than you in the thing that you're trying to do. I love that example because I can relate to it in in certain areas of my life. And I want to know if this is true for you. Do you feel like the struggle of asking for help with something like that, even if it is as silly as makeup, has to do with an ego? Yeah, like you don't want to feel like you're the you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I want people to always think that, like, I'm smart and I know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And so by admitting that you don't know anything about something, maybe it's, like, taking a little pep out of my step mm-hmm. or bringing me down a notch. I think of that classic example of where people say men don't want to ask for directions, mm-hmm. where men don't want to ask for directions because they want to figure it out themselves. And it is an ego thing, not necessarily a bad thing. It doesn't mean the ego is a bad thing. It helps you solve problems, figure things out. But sometimes it doesn't make sense when you could just employ someone to help you out and save you, like you said, 45 minutes. Then you can accomplish so much more and you might get more out of the experience. Like you were shown a bunch of other things at the store. I know something for me is it will be my ego in certain areas, Uh, like, for instance, exercise. Like, I can feel myself get an ego when someone tries to give me an example or help me with some kind of exercise movement. And I'm like, let it go, Kate. Like, this person, if it's a personal trainer, probably knows something you don't. Accept it and be happy. 
There are other areas in my life where I don't have that ego, but there are areas where when it comes to asking for help or asking for motivation, I feel like I'm annoying people. And this is this deep-rooted people-pleaser thing. I don't know if it's because, like, childhood. I'm not going to get into that. But I'm like, oh, like, if I, like, text Megan a question right now about a problem me and a client can't solve and I want just to get somebody else's perspective I'm like oh well she's got a baby and like I don't want to annoy her and it's like she doesn't have to answer me if she doesn't want to mm-hmm. but then imagine the payoff if she does and I get help it's this weird fearing of like oh if I'm gonna annoy someone if I reach out to them and so I always tell my clients I'm like reach out to me when you need help please email me like this is why I'm here don't be afraid and I think I always say that because it's me almost projecting what Mm -hmm. I would anticipate my issue to be where I'm Mm -hmm. like oh like I don't want to bother them yeah and I'm like oh well you hired me to help you I'm gonna do that and that would be a way to help you stay remotivated when you've got someone in your corner cheering you on saying like hey I know it's hard right now it's really difficult you're not feeling inspired you're not feeling motivated to get off your couch and go grocery shopping But what's your big goal? What's the payoff? How are you going to feel after you do this? Okay, go do it. And then win-win. And I keep thinking about all these scenarios where it's almost like, I want to do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And it's like almost like you're punishing yourself to prove something that like to prove that you can do it on your own. But in every situation that I've thought through as we're sitting here talking, it's like, when I have admitted that I needed help, I feel like it's made that person feel good because they helped me. And mm-hmm. then I also feel good because now me and that person are connected in some yeah. way. And I think it's the same with my clients when I haven't seen them for two weeks and they come in and they're like unloading all their shit and how terrible the past two weeks was. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why didn't you say something? Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't we talk through this two weeks ago? Why did you wait mm-hmm. until you came in? And then when I can convince them that, hey, when you need help, reach out and mm-hmm. then I can help them. I feel better about their situation. They feel better about their situation. They got the help that they actually needed mm-hmm. versus just staying silent and suffering through it mm-hmm. on alone. I don't know. Why do we want to suffer through things alone because in every situation I can think of when I actually asked for help it got better it didn't get worse because I asked for help one one thing that pops in my mind when you say this because I can relate to that too of where I've suffered in silence for no reason other than my own ego my own shame but I also think a lot of it would be perfectionists people who really want to either prove to themselves they can do it all they can do it right and maybe that's that ego part too where they don't want to admit that they messed up and they just kind of wait until they come in and it's almost like I don't want to say it's like confession because their mm-hmm. office isn't mm-hmm. scary like that mm-hmm. like but it's almost like everything just kind of comes out all at once because they were trying to be so perfect and maybe couldn't admit to themselves that it wasn't perfect and it's not supposed to be perfect and I think people who do have that all or nothing mindset of like I have to be hitting everything correctly if Megan gives me a recommendation like I have to eat exactly what she told me every single time or it's not good enough this is a big problem with fad diets or cookie cutter diets then they don't want to admit that they slipped up when slipping up and I'm saying this in quotes is human and it's normal and it's expected and it's part of the process So when you have somebody in your corner reminding you of like, hey, yeah, so what? You had a cupcake at a birthday party. You're supposed to enjoy food like that sometimes. What are you going to do the next day? Like, that's all that matters. Let's Mm -hmm. just move on with it. Mm -hmm. And when you have somebody helping you, then you can stay in the game for the long haul. Yeah. And I think reframing things too. So when you get lost in the day to day, Mm -hmm. 
asking yourself again, like, what's my big picture look like? Like, where do I want to be down the road? Like, the exercise you and I just did was, like, when you're looking back your life at 100 years Mm -hmm. old, what would you have wanted your life to look like? like? Or what's the Mm -hmm. legacy that you want to leave behind? Like, those big picture questions, then you're writing those things out and you're thinking about those things and you're like, okay, so what do I need to do on my Mm day-to-day to make that happen when I am 100 years old? Mm -hmm. Whereas if your goal is so small and you're just working on, like, I don't want to eat sugar every day, it's like, well, why? Mm -hmm. Like, can we go back to what the big deal is? What are we really trying to accomplish in the future? And getting you excited about that big thing. And once you're excited about that big thing, it's a lot easier to get those little steps under Mm -hmm. control to move towards that. Hey, Megan here, the co-host of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. So in our private practice, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and high achievers, and I recognize that many of the traits that made them successful in business were actually detrimental to their health. So I wrote a book about it. In my book, The Optimized Life, I pinpoint six different personality traits that hold you back from reaching your health and wellness goals, as well as laying out a series of steps to overcome those obstacles and help you reach your ultimate health and wellness goals for good. Whether you're in the beginning stages of a side hustle or a seasoned entrepreneur with multiple businesses under your belt, the Optimized Life will provide you with the systems you need to forever change your relationship with food, diets, and exercise. But don't just take my word for it. Here's an Amazon review from a reader. I can honestly say this book has changed my life. First off, everyone who knows me knows I don't read books often, and I had a hard time putting this down. I actually finished the book. I have tried every fad diet there is, and I've struggled with weight loss my entire life. I can finally say I found a sustainable and healthy way of living, and I'm no longer dieting. The education this book provides is all backed with research and knowledge and is really an eye-opener to a lot of things. I've never been a morning person and for the first time in my life, I have not needed an alarm clock and have been up before 7am for almost a month straight. Who am I? The entire book, I kept thinking, is she speaking directly to me? It's so relatable and easy to read. I love that I feel so confident and no longer have to worry about quitting my diet or falling off the wagon because this is my new way of life. I worked with Megan before reading the book and all of her knowledge and this book helped me to lose 60 pounds. The 60 pounds is an awesome accomplishment, but my favorite part is that I don't have a bad relationship with food anymore. I'm still working on myself, but for the first time, I'm listening to my body and fueling it like it deserves. 10 out of 10 recommend this book to anyone, not only people trying to lose weight, but anyone who wants a healthier life. So, don't just take my word for it. Get the book. It is available on Amazon, and it is called The Optimized Life. What a brilliant thing to bring up, I think, on the topic of feeling motivated and getting inspiration is having a practice in your day where you do reflect on that big goal early in the day. We're we're big fans of journaling. We tell our clients food and mood journaling, but also if you want to journal about just your life and your big picture of who you want to be and how you want to be, and you do that in the morning, that helps you really break it down into bite-sized steps that you feel excited about. Because if you're just focused on that tiny detail of, I don't want to eat sugar, well, that's not exciting to be like, oh, I didn't eat sugar for lunch. But if you're like, oh, like I am trying to reverse my diabetes, Mm -hmm. right? I'm trying to get my blood sugars down so that I can be around for my kids and their grandkids. Mm -hmm. Well, that's an emotional pull. And you're going to be a lot more likely to eat less sugar when you're focused on that. And that's planted in your subconscious brain early in the day. In fact, I did this really cool I learned it from, uh, I think we've done it this together. So for you guys listening, Nutrition Awareness, we did this exercise because we're business on who we want to help, our ideal client. 
who is the kind of person who's gonna be listening to this. So we speak directly to you for a reason. Otherwise, we'd just be all over the place. So I've had clients do the same thing, but with themselves, where they really get crystal clear on the ideal version of them. Mm-hmm. And so asking them questions and giving them prompts of, how do you wanna feel every day? How do you wanna show up? How do you wanna look? How, you know, how do you want your day-to-day eating to look like? And painting this beautiful, exciting picture. Okay, paint that picture. Let's break down the action steps, but let's revisit that picture a couple times a week at minimum so that you're constantly reminded of who you are trying to work towards and you're more likely to behave like that person already when you reflect on that every single day. Mm -hmm. I had a client who really wants to stop drinking so much, but he doesn't want to give it up completely. So the ideal version of him was having a few drinks with friends on the weekends instead of having drinks almost every single night to excess and then eating fast food and and so forth. So when he was reflecting on that ideal version of himself, he was able to set goals on a daily basis. Like today, not going to have a drink because I'm going to wait for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so stupid, but it's really, really effective in helping you break down those exciting goals and feel motivated because you're more in touch with the big picture. And I think it puts you in touch with like why you're making the certain decisions that you're making. So for someone like him who finds themselves having a couple of drinks every night, they're not really asking themselves like, why am I doing this? And mm-hmm. oh, this actually makes me feel like shit. And then it makes me eat McDonald's at 9 p.m. And then I'm not sleeping well. And then I'm not hitting the goals at work that I want to the next day. And then I'm behind and I'm procrastinating and all of these things. And when you're imagining like, well, in my ideal world, what is my week look like well it certainly doesn't look like that right and so then that ties those decisions that you're making to those ultimate goals of what do I want my ideal life to look like and we're not trying to set you up for failure to be this 100% perfect person Mm -hmm. that's not what we don't want to be like who's who's the perfect me like what does that person look like it's no like who's the person that I want to like what's Mm -hmm. the life that I want to live do I want to eat seven chocolate chip cookies on a Friday night maybe I do cool that makes me happy like let's include that it's not the person who never eats sugar never goes out never has alcohol never eats mcdonald's like it's not that person it's who is the person that you ideally Mm. want to be and how does that make sense and fit within your lifestyle yeah because the person who's perfect all the time if they were to do the exercise of how do you want to show up in the world and yeah it might be like oh i'm i'm very healthy i live this healthy lifestyle blah 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 but how do you want to feel what do you want your relationships to be like and the person who's militant about every single thing that they eat who wants to go out to dinner with that person and how great are you going to feel when you are skipping out on social events because of food and you're judging everyone's lifestyle then you're probably going to be lonely so maybe if that's the way you've been living and you're wondering why you're in this rut doing a reflective exercise where you think about the big picture and Mm -hmm. who you want to be and what you want your relationships to be like will help you take some of that pressure that you've been unnecessarily loading on your shoulders, kind of lighten up a bit and enjoy life. And that actually might accelerate you closer to your ultimate goals when you have some more flexibility and general happiness in your life. And that does happen. I feel like when we are working with people and we get those types of people, a lot of times their goals are to let go Mm -hmm. a little bit and to learn how to give their body the right fuel without freaking out about Mm -hmm. food. That's a big goal for them. And we help them to do that as well. We're not those people that are like, oh, you can only eat this, this, Mm -hmm. and this. We're actually going to help you relax and teach you the whys and the hows behind food so you don't have to freak mm-hmm. out about not having a perfect choice. And think about with you, Megan, in mm-hmm. nutrition awareness business things or with your health or your family or creative projects, 
when are you feeling most inspired? Is it when you're high strung and tense and tracking every single thing you're doing and counting a bunch of data points and being militant about your life? Or is it when you're relaxed and having fun and playing and taking a week off? Yeah, for me, it's being in a different space Mm -hmm. or doing something novel that gets me excited and gets me in that creative space. It's not when I'm counting every single calorie or because a lot of times those are the things that you put in front of the things that you actually want to do as a form of procrastination you convince yourself that I have to count every single calorie and gram of carbs and things like that because you're actually putting that in front of the things that you really want to accomplish that are hard Mm -hmm. oh my god (laughs) that is such a big point it's like um if you know that you just need to meal prep like, just make some healthy flipping meals, dude. You know what's healthy and you know what's not healthy. Just very general. But then if you sit there and you're like, okay, I'm going to type up this whole Excel spreadsheet of what I'm going to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I'm going to do all the grams and the macros and the calories and the percentages. Well, then you just wasted two and a half hours yep. where you could have just literally gone to the store and prepped like three healthy meals. Mm-hmm. Not that hard, but it just feels like you're doing something and it feels like you're being... I don't know, productive. You're just filling time. Just filling time, planning, planning, planning. And I think that goes back into that perfectionist archetype. The person that's like, all right, got to have all my ducks in a row before I take action. When really it's like take action, reflect, do better next time Mm -hmm. if you have to. If Mm -hmm. it works, then great. Then you know what works. Yeah. I think we crushed this. Are you feeling inspired now? (laughs) I am. And there was one other thing I really wanted to bring up about the inspiration. And this is a a little bit of, of a different angle. Okay. But like you were saying with novel experiences, give yourself opportunity to break out of the routine of a healthy lifestyle if you're feeling a bit stale and do something else that's still under that umbrella. So what I mean is if you've been buying for this for a month, the same meal prepped lunches from the same company, okay, well switch it up a little bit by prepping your own food or finding a new place, just switching it up. And even if it feels a little bit uncomfortable because you're like, oh, I know this works, this works for me, give yourself the opportunity to get creative in the kitchen and cook something yourself. Or if you've been doing the same kind of workout for a year and you really like it and you're in this routine, it's very automatic for you, but you're not feeling inspired, you're not seeing the results you want, try something else. You can always go back to your old routine Mm -hmm. if you want, but introducing something new and novel could really excite that uh, motivation or excite you again to to Mm -hmm. do the things that you want to do. Even something as silly as taking a different route home. Mm Mm-hmm can turn your brain on and get you thinking in a different space instead of doing the same thing, going the same way home, stopping at the same gas station, Mm -hmm. doing the same pizza on Friday night, like order from somewhere else. Yeah. Any kind of new experience can really set your brain on fire and get you in a different space. Do you have any ideas for under the nutrition and health umbrella? Any practical things that you've seen clients do to help them shake it up a little bit? Um, I just had a client yesterday who has been doing the same breakfast, like the same three breakfasts ever since we started working together probably a year and a half ago. It's Mm. like overnight oats, a hard boiled egg with a piece of toast or fruit and yogurt. And like those are the only three things that she ever has. Mm -hmm. And she's working from home now. She used to be working in an office and we were talking about how she's just like not feeling it. Mm. It She's just like bored with all of her food and she only ever focuses on like lunches and dinners. And I was like, well maybe we can just switch up your breakfast. She's like, no, my breakfast is fine. She's mm-hmm. like, I'm totally I'm totally fine with my breakfast. I don't really care about mm-hmm. it. I just grab it. I sit at my desk. I eat it. I don't even think about it. And I'm like, well, maybe that's the problem. Mm-hmm. 
even though you think you don't care about your breakfast and you're not feeling inspired by food, maybe if we try something different Mm. and you start your day that way, that inspiration will lead into other things Mm -hmm. and you'll feel more satisfied with breakfast. So then that can lead into your lunch, your dinner, your snack and that kind of thing. So her and I just came up with like five other things and agreed that like she's not going to have of these three things that she's had for the past year and a half for the whole next month. Mm. Like she's not allowed to have any of those things. So it's forcing her and forcing her brain and forcing her to come up with new ideas and new things to have for breakfast. So we're going to see if that helps her to feel more satisfied. I love it. And it's so simple and easy. Mm -hmm. I had a client who was doing a lot of the same workouts for a long time. She was going to the same group fitness class and she had an injury and she was just feeling so down on herself and she had this standard of it's got to be this workout or nothing at all. Kind of that all or nothing Mm -hmm. mindset. Mm -hmm. Almost sounds similar to your client where it's like, I eat these three breakfasts is what I do because it works instead of opening your mind to some other options. Mm -hmm. So now even though she's got this injury, she's cleared to walk and she walks for a long time every single day and she was telling me how this has really helped her from an inspiration and creative perspective really open up her mind. She's like, I'm getting all these ideas. I get a boost of energy in the afternoon and my afternoon walks, different from how I used to at my group fitness class. And it just shook things up and she was able to see a silver lining because she wasn't holding herself to the same intense standard and it's actually had more of a payoff. So you might find, you know, your client might find, and I know that this client's fine, found that with some simple switch in what you're doing, you can actually open new avenues and new possibilities and keep that motivation rolling. And I think if we bring this full circle, we hear a lot of people say, it's a lifestyle, live a healthy lifestyle. And I always cringe at cliches just because I think that's my ego and being like, oh, it's a cliche. But things are cliche for a reason. And so when you make it a healthy lifestyle, that doesn't mean being so structured and routine that you do the same thing every day. It's just, oh, you are a healthy person that is active and eats well. How can you do that in new, exciting ways that keeps this a steady, long-term thing for you? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Any other things you wanted to say? No, let's do a healthy or not. Okay, <laughs> healthy or not. Okay, so healthy or not today, Bobo's Oat Bars. <laughs> this is appropriate because if you follow us on Instagram or TikTok, you're going to see that we're going to post our review of this. You'll get to see the actual bar. But these bars have all of the Health Halo labels on the front. They are gluten-free. They are virgins. I was about to say they are virgins. (laughs) These are the virgins. Definitely (laughs) tying, like, moral concepts to food. (laughs) Vegan, excuse me. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I only eat virgin oat bars. I don't know about you. (laughs) Shaming. (laughs) Sex-shaming these bars. They have pictures of, like, a looks like a mom on the front kind of like baking something at home so it gives you the air of like a homemade something um so they're kind of marketed towards mom marketed towards families kids that kind of thing and you pick them up they're pretty hefty (laughs) they're thick yes definitely some thick bars so it was funny because we bought this we went to do the review and i looked at it and i was like okay it's got 180 calories it's got 10 grams added sugar whatever and kate looked at it and she said megan this has two servings yeah and it's it's thick but it's not like huge. So first thing you always have to look at at a nutrition label, how many servings are in this. That one bar, which everyone in the world, I think, would eat the whole bar. You're not going to just 
break it in half and then save the rest for later. And it was really crumbly, so it's going to get all over your purse if you're trying to stick that back in your purse. So this bar had 360 calories, which is pretty hefty. Mm -hmm. Like, that can be a whole meal for a lot of different people. Um, Protein was pretty low on it for that 360 calories. Six grams, right? And it was 60 grams of carbohydrate. 20 grams from sugar. Mm -hmm. So in that instance, it's like... It takes a lot for you to, your body to burn 60 grams of carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. Carbohydrate is your body's source of fuel. So if you're going out and you're hiking for seven miles, that could cool. be a good option for something easy that you can fit in your pocket. Calorie dense, carbohydrate dense, you need that energy. But if you're just sitting at your desk and you're on your computer, you really don't need 60 grams of carbohydrate, especially if you're eating that as a snack. Exactly. So we had even tasted it. We're like, well, if this has 20 grams of sugar and it better be good. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't bad, but I'm mm-hmm. like, for 20 grams of sugar, I could eat something way more delicious. Yeah. And it, it would just be more of a dessert for me. Yeah. So I thought the marketing was a little, it was accurate marketing. Like, yeah. it is gluten-free and it's vegan. But the moral of the story is don't just go by what's on the front of a package. Read the nutrition specs, check the serving size, check the protein, compare the additives, look at the ingredients. I think the second ingredient in that specific food was honey or was it sugar? One of the two. Brown rice syrups. It had a lot of different added Mm -hmm. sugars. So just make sure that you're looking at the whole picture if that's something you're concerned about. And remember that there are so many different options for bars and snacks that, yeah, that might look good, but there's probably something else that tastes better or equally as good with different nutrition packs. Yeah, I think the saving grace of this bar is that it did have real ingredients, so it didn't have a lot of fake Mm -hmm. stuff in it, so I did like that, but like we were saying in the review, just make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So it's going to be a lot less expensive, and it's just bread and peanut butter and jelly, and you would get something pretty similar Mm nutrition-wise from that than you would from that bar. My worry is that people see this, and it's a chocolate chip oat bar, and they're like, man, I really want a chocolate chip cookie. I'm going to choose this Mm -hmm. instead, and I'm going to be healthier because of it, but if you look at a typical chocolate chip cookie, they're like 110 calories and like 9 to 10 grams of sugar. And taste better. So it's interesting to me that I I think that a lot of people would think they're making a better choice when in actuality, I would kind of rather you just eat that cookie and go about your day. Because I know that if I was eating that in place of a dessert, I would still be thinking about the dessert afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'd probably just go and eat a dessert anyway, and then I would have eaten two to three times more than I would have. Right. The only other situation I can see this being appropriate is if you had a really picky eater and he or she was trying to gain weight. You had a kid, Mm -hmm. athlete, trying to gain weight, picky eater. Don't want to just be pumping them full of plain sugar all day. At least this had some fiber and good ingredients. Sure. Right, yeah. So if you had a kid who was super active, maybe in gymnastics or runner sports and things like that, and they're not going to eat a lot of the super healthy options, maybe after school they eat something like this, they're trying to put weight on, they're burning a ton of calories, that might be a situation where this would be a good option. But I think for the normal adult with a desk job sitting behind a computer, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Agreed. So we're not going to say it's unhealthy, but it's there's way better choices. It's got some healthy components, but for the majority, it just doesn't fit into an everyday diet. Great. And those are Bobo's Oat Bars. Yep. Follow us on Instagram to watch that reel slash TikTok. <laughs> We're getting better at those people. So if you don't follow us on Instagram, what are you doing? Have you seen those TikToks where the girl goes, 
if you ain't at the lake today, where you at? Kate, I do not <laughs> open our TikTok at all. I'm guilty of it. I like to watch it. I go to create something. Well, <laughs> pin a rose on your nose. Though, if you are like me, one of us sad people who like to look at our phones, there's I st- TikTok. I just go to Instagram. That's because I'm old school and I like don't even remember that TikTok is there. So I'm still opening up Instagram and looking at reels. I haven't like graduated to TikTok yet. It's entertaining. I'm sure it is. Well, yeah, if you want to get on there and you see the trend that says, where are you at? <laughs> I'm going to end with this. If you ain't following us on the Nutrition Awareness Instagram, where are you at? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. And if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you. To get notified about the next episode of Nutrition Awareness, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com. Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.